Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to launch the Punisher feed here from Fantastic Geek and to give you our early ideas of uh, what to expect with this show come uh, we're thinking later fall ish indeed if you are a uh, a new listener welcome aboard welcome to the ss fantastic geek where uh, we cover a bunch of geeky stuff certainly the marvel cinematic universe being a major cornerstone star trek as well looking forward to star trek discovery this fall uh today though focusing on uh on the punisher of course if you are a uh, a returning listener, you might be listening to us on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, or maybe just on the uh, the Punisher Podcast feed by itself. Regardless, Pete, this secretive series, there's not a lot out there about it, um, but we're going to do our best to uh, to make sense of some of the clues that uh, that we do have access to. There were theories and rumors of a Punisher spinoff series as Daredevil Season 2 was filming. So it's not surprising and it did not surprise anyone on this podcast or a lot of people that shortly after the April 2016 uh, debut of season two of Daredevil that we had the announcement of a Punisher TV series. But I'm really, really surprised the level to which they have kept a lid on this TV show. I would certainly agree. And certainly Marvel uh, prides itself. Marvel television in particular prides itself on its sense of secrecy. We've seen it at New York comic con where there literally are uh, outside security people hired and walking around with uh, night vision goggles whenever they're showing clips. Um, but the fact that you haven't seen the odd picture on Twitter here of, oh, here's John Bernthal walking from, uh, you know, from, from this spot to that spot, or there's been none of it. I think some of it is helped whoa, by... Whoa, 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 uh, That I'm going to correct you on. There are definitely pictures out there of them filming. <laughs> uh, that, that's been seen. There's very little past that. And certainly not with, not with kind of, clues that you can you know like you know that that uh for example pete in recent memory we we're talking about inhumans and uh and some of the filming that they did in hawaii with the big blue stand-in for lockjaw the the uh the giant-sized dog we haven't had punisher clues to sit and say oh i think this is a, a story hint or, or or things of that sort yeah i i have no idea where they're going in this i do want to say it'll probably be pretty heavily influenced by the defenders given the timeline that they've set up and how it will follow that. Um, and given that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are both filming as well, um, clearly some setup will go on. But other than that, we have very, very little to go on, which kind of makes this podcast as an episode interesting. The, uh, the series is being uh, show run by Steve Lightfoot, who has uh, a bunch of British TV credentials and also was a, uh, an executive producer and writer on Hannibal. So kind of a weird 
behind the scenes connection to Brian Fuller, who yeah. who got Star Trek Discovery off the ground before he left that. Uh, so kind of wait, Matt. No, they don't launch ships in atmosphere. They build them in uh, orbital stations. Pete, we'll save that for Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek. Um, here's what we do know. Uh, the show is scheduled to come out, as you said, Pete, in 2017. Uh, if you just do some basic math here of them trying to avoid at least stepping on um, the different Marvel TV shows, th- them stepping on their own promotional uh, schedules. Uh, you have the push for Inhumans late August and into September. Um, you have Shield returning supposedly in uh, January or February. So Thanksgiving with the Punisher, Pete. That seems kind of logical there. Th- Christmas with the Punisher or something like that. Hanukkah with the Punisher, whatever it is. <laughs> we're probably looking in that November December area. Otherwise, what are the commercials telling you to watch? I don't know. It's going to be pretty interesting. So Netflix drops 95% of its content, original content, on Fridays. Um, the, the main exception I can think of was um, in May, they dropped uh, House of Cards fifth season on a Tuesday. So there's a possibility that we could have a Friday this fall that we'll have an Inhumans episode um after a punisher series has been dropped all at once which means that i could have a really long day on a couch <laughs> pete i'm gonna put forth based on zero evidence i'm just gonna i'm just gonna follow my gut on this one what's the best friday of the year to drop a show the best friday of the fall to drop a show about a guy who has no family <laughs> What's a day? What's the day in the fall where you, you know, maybe you're sick of your family and then you spend it in the sea of 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 just the, the dirty mass of people out there showing us how we are all, we, you know, we are we all should be punished. Pete, I'm going to make the call right now. Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I thought you were asking me the question. I had a different answer prepared. Well, th- th- let's hear your answer. You're, <laughs> I'm you're not going to give it to you now. I'm not going to give it to you now. You you already answered your own question. Fair enough. So I, I, I'm I, I'm going to prognosticate uh, November 24th, which will be a week or two after Inhumans wraps up. Um, something tells me that uh, Marvel Netflix is going to buy some advertising spots on Inhumans to sell Punisher. Um, but Pete, any other thoughts before we, before we do a deep dive here on the cast? They clearly knew what they had in John Bernthal and how strong his portrayal of a very, very popular character with fans, with law enforcement, with, uh, military and being able to portray him in the second season and then spin him off. It was really a no brainer. It surprised no one when they came out at New York Comic Con and explained that this was going to be its own show, uh, even though we already all knew that. Um, but again, we we know so little, and other than Deborah Ann Wall's inclusion with the the kind of kindred spirit that the uh, the two characters have. Uh, have kindled um 
is it a prequel? How far past this do they go? Or are they going to go back and are we going to see the the events that turn him into the Punisher? I, I, I think a little column A, a little column B, a little column C. Well, we have had the pleasure of seeing John Bernthal on the stage at New York Comic Con twice now. And yep. both times he's appeared so humble and so uh, so kind of cautious to be portraying this character correctly. Uh, it's a little surprising because, you know, he's the Punisher. He's Shane from Walking Dead. He's he's this tough guy. Um, but John Bernthal, the, the actor, the artist, appears to be just so kind of dedicated to getting it right. Um, and Pete, it's, it's funny. He reminds me, coming from the same show, The Walking Dead, he reminds me so much of Norman Reedus in his understanding of what his involvement as a character means to the fan world. Absolutely. And he's also saying the right things. Uh, Bernthal saying in a GQ interview uh, of Frank Castle saying he ain't got a bleeping cape. I'm adding the bleeps, Pete, because we're, we're, we're a family right. podcast. Right. He ain't got any superpowers. He's a bleeping, tortured, angry father and husband who's living in this unbelievable world of darkness and loss and torment. Yeah, that sounds like Frank Castle. It does, and I've been rewatching some of Daredevil season two, getting ready for Defenders here, and it, it strikes me. I was watching the episode where he's being arraigned in the hospital room, and they've got the uh, tape on the floor, and you're not supposed to go past that, and the relationship he strikes up with Karen Page, and the guy just completely nails the the tortured vibe but he's got a code at the same time which is a really interesting dichotomy next on the cast list is ben barnes as billy russo uh, defined as uh, castle's best friend from when he served in the special forces russo runs anvil a private military corporation and pete i kept looking at that name ben barnes ben barnes i clicked on him oh he's in line which in the wardrobe where do i know this guy Pete, this is Logan, the best friend from uh, from uh, Westworld. Don't want to say too much for people who haven't watched that, but he's he's um, the friend of uh, Billy. You know, he's the one in all black. Ben Barnes is uh, advising Billy as they head to Westworld. So we get this guy back on TV. And it's funny that he's playing Billy here. Um, yeah, I just recently noticed that he was on the cast of this show and having been on such a breakout hit like Westworld and they're just getting ready to shoot the second season now. And there's a lot of speculation. He'll be back with that. Uh, I didn't know the guy was British either um, oh, yeah. based on his performance. You think of how often that's happening in Hollywood as well. Um, but goes to show you that great performers are going to find roles, whether they're considered great or not. And there's a guy you just love to hate on uh, Westworld. Just every chance he's on screen and the way he goads that character and, and the way things ultimately go. And I'm interested to see what he's able to do on The Punisher. 
Next on the list is uh, Eben Moss Bachrach as Micro. And Pete, this is a guy, uh, when I looked at his picture, uh, I knew him from playing a Russian character in uh, The Lost Ship. And you look at his resume, there's lots of, yep. uh, there's lots of um, you know, kind of Russian characters. There's Olaf in there. There's, uh, you know, things of that sort. There's Niels uh, Sorensen, who was the character on Last Ship. Uh, Pete, even Moss Backrack, who was born in Amherst, Massachusetts. So, Pete, <laughs> it's the acting. And we've had um, an Easter egg towards Mike Rowe to this point. There's a disc that's found by Castle in uh, season two of Daredevil that's labeled Mike Rowe and uh, some confusion. But there is a comic connection there. I think too. Uh, I don't know whether this is canonical. Somebody had sent it to our Twitter um, that that there was a micro reference. Um, in, I know there was the nickname Micro in Agents of Shield given towards Fitz. Beyond that, I think somebody had sent sent me a thing that uh, perhaps this character of Micro had been referred to in season one or season two of Shield. But we're always looking for those connections, Pete. Uh, next on the list is Amber Rose Riva as uh, Dinah uh, Madani, a Homeland Security agent. Uh, uh, Amber Rose Riva is a uh, another British actress and somebody who uh, didn't look familiar to my eyes, but has been working for 10 years, Pete, whether it's in film uh, and, and TV and the like. So certainly a, a well-accomplished actress. She's done a lot. She was recently on the NBC TV show Emerald City, which uh, she crossed paths with um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, yeah, the guy whose name we're not allowed to say in the in the <laughs> Marvel universe. So who knows? Maybe that could be a thing, given how Castle has interacted with um, he whose name shall not be spoken in the first several episodes. <laughs> uh, next on the list here, of course, is Deborah Ann Wall as Karen Page. Uh, it was noted uh, at the at the Daredevil panel at New York Comic Con a year or two ago how uh, literally she started Daredevil within 24 hours of wrapping um, um, the vampire show, Pete. <laughs> True blood. <laughs> True blood, yeah. Um, and then to think she's done Daredevil and then the next year was the second season of Daredevil and she's in Defenders and now she's in this. Like this is somebody who's who has worked consistently uh and nonstop for ten years and she's only thirty two, Pete. Yeah, and what a good person too. Um she does a tremendous amount of charity work. Not that the other people that we haven't talked about to this point haven't, but um yeah again, she belongs in the show based on her rapport with Castle. Um, you know, we gave her a little bit of a hard time as a character in the second season of Daredevil because she goes from being a paralegal to being a front page reporter for the New York Bulletin. And there's really no in between nor any kind of learning curve. And we've seen from Iron Fist that she's landing exclusives like it's nobody's business. So it should be fascinating to take a look at what kind of steps she's taken forward. We're going to see her on defenders as well. Um, but it, it seems like it's been a while since we've seen Karen page. 
compete. Next on the list is uh, Daniel Weber as Lewis Walcott, a young veteran struggling in, with his new life as a civilian. Uh, maybe that's a hint towards some of the uh, subtext explored in the show, uh, that of uh, veterans returning home, that sort of thing. Uh, Daniel Weber, a uh, an Australian actor who uh, has not not done a ton of stuff. He he was in uh, the uh, the Hulu show eleven twenty two sixty three the the JFK uh, show. Also some uh, Australian soap opera uh, background there. But uh, as we've discussed in um, I think it was in our Defenders podcast, Pete. Um, Marvel tends to zero in at times on newer actors, whether it's for cost, yes. whether it's for whatever it might be. But we're kind of entering a phase here in the in the Punisher TV lineup where it might be fresh faces to us. That mean that means it's going to be fresh to most people, uh, and also give us the opportunity for you know if if Lewis Walcott needs to come back in in a future season, or if he needs to show up in Defenders season two, or cross over to Daredevil, or whatever it might be the actor probably has those availabilities. Well, I just have no idea who a guy who played Lee Harvey Oswald in the 11, 63 series might be playing here, Matt, as somebody who's going to have been a soldier alongside Frank Castle. Might be getting a little typecast there. Uh, next on the list is Jason R. Moore as Curtis Hoyle, which is a, a comic book character and uh, a friend of his, one of the few people who knows the castle is still alive. And uh, in the comics, anyway, uh, Curtis Hoyle is a uh, is a uh, character with military background, so kind of continuing that trend, no surprise, of uh, of a military presence in the show. It's a little shocking that this show is as non-diverse as I think any at this point in the Marvel TV universe, we think of the granddaddy with agents of shield and you know, how many roles are inhabited by women, by people of color. And this is the first person of color we're talking about on this show. Let's hope that the supporting players really uh, fill out that rank as far as that's concerned. This is somebody who's, you know, been on Law and Order SVU, uh, was on Kings, which was kind of an underrated uh, series when that was on for a time. And, uh, you know, should be somebody we will see quite a bit of in the role he inhabits. Next, we have Paul Schultz as Rollins, who's a, uh, a member of the CIA. And Pete, I know you know Paul Schultz. Do you remember Father Phil from The Sopranos? I do. It's, it's Father Phil. Uh, he also yeah. was on 24 Hopefully for a couple Hopefully he years. doesn't try to have an affair with Carmella and then um, you know wind up taking the confessions of uh, Frank Hassel. <laughs> well uh he was also great in uh in nurse jackie speaking of uh, uh edie falco indirectly uh, he was he was in nurse jackie as well um i mean an so wait actor. a minute is edie falco gonna show up in this as frank castle's uh gumar <laughs> 
Pete, you never thought that the Sopranos universe was in the MCU. Surprise. <laughs> it is. That's actually it what is. happens. That's See, how it all ends when, yeah. when the screen goes black. The screen went black because Lockjaw came and took Tony Soprano <laughs> to the moon. Um, as we hit the last couple uh, cast members here, we have uh, Jamie Ray Newman as uh, Sarah Lieberman, who is Micro's wife. And uh, Lieberman, an actress who uh, who also has a, a ton of experience, although maybe not being a uh, a, uh, a super prominent uh, celebrity. Uh, I mean, stuff all the way back to the year two thousand. Uh, TV shows, movies. Um, there's some CSI in there. There's some General Hospital in there. More recently, things like E Ring, Veronica Mars, Criminal Minds. Uh, so, just another work and actress. She's in Tarzan in 2013. Catch me if you can. So yeah, she's she's certainly been around, um, and I think again to see somebody, uh, you know, to to give another aspect of a character uh, with Micro, somebody who goes back to the comics and to give a family life here is going to be a pretty rounded idea last on the the main cast list is michael nathanson as sam stein another uh, homeland security agent and uh, partnered with uh, the character of dinah uh, madani as we mentioned before so not to not to beat the drum too much pete but between uh, security people including nsa and homeland security uh, and cia I'm sure that just went over well in our Skype connection, um, <laughs> along with the military presence. I mean, getting some sense here of this being a being a show that that's taking place in that corner of the world, being a fairly regular presence on the Nick there, I think brings a little bit of edginess to a show that we know is going to be kind of dark in tone. Yeah, also a lot of uh, New York-based actors, not exclusively, but I know uh, that certainly is the case for for Shulls. Um, I believe when you were mentioning Jason Moore earlier, uh, with all the SVU uh, type credits, you know, any of that Law and Order stuff is out of New York, so that's not the case for all of them. I mean, Jamie Ray Newman has had a ton of uh, a ton of LA-based shows, but. Uh, you know, it looks like they it looks like they found people who have uh, who have joined New York in its uh, television renaissance in these last you know two, five, ten years, whatever whatever the the number might be. Well, let's not leave out Matt, a a player of uh, such renown in Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Absolutely, she has a uh, as a guesting role there. I don't think uh, a, a character name attached to it, at least not Marion James. Well, okay. That that's see. Sometimes Pete, you know, we got, got to explain to new listeners. I, I I tend to run spoiler free. You are spoiler Pete. So I guess wherever I'm looking, it's not quite as uh, as deep as you are. Regardless, though, Pete. I mean, <laughs> we've gone through the entire cast list here. We've gone through some some character connections. Um, still not a lot of sense of where this series could be headed. I'm sure that is on purpose on Marvel's. Uh, you know, on Marvel's doing, Marvel Television's doing with Defenders coming out in August and uh, and um, and Humans coming out in September. Of course, they're going to hold back on this. We really expected to have some kind of announcement with um, Punisher. I thought we'd get Punisher before Defenders, but kind of expected something to pop up 
along the time that uh, Iron Fist was coming, they they put a uh, Luke Cage announcement in the second season of Daredevil at the very end. It's the only time that Marvel TV has done that. Um, so to kind of flip flop them here, clearly they have some kind of aim. We'll just have to wait. I got to figure, if not by San Diego Comic-Con, Matt, that any day now we're going to see something. Hey, fingers crossed. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye out on those uh, those clues, whether it's out of San Diego or elsewhere. So, something else, Pete, we can keep an eye out for as uh, news unfolds about the Punisher series. We, of course, will update our Punisher podcast feed, uh, and that'll be mirrored on the Pop Culture podcast feed. So, whichever of the two you're listening to, we'll uh, we'll be sharing Punisher news as it happens. Definitely. And uh, whether you're just a Punisher fan or whether you're a fan of all of the Marvel properties, there's something for you at Fantastic Geek. We would love to hear from you regarding uh, your anticipation of this series. Pete, how can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,379 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with the P and the H. FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeek at gmail.com, FantasticGeek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, is there more? There is Facebook.com slash FantasticGeek, all one word with the PH. You like it and you're going to get a taste of everything we do. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, something tells me we'll be talking another New York-based hero before too long. Uh, If you're listening to us on the Punisher feed, as I said, we'll be back as news warrants, but certainly excited for this series uh, coming at some point this calendar year. So with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. You hit them and they get back up. I hit them and they stay down. (laughs) 